Well, no matter where you are around the world, even though it's a national holiday here in the U.S. and Canada for celebrating Labor Day, it applies. It applies to all of us because God has commanded all of us to labor in the vineyard. Now, Father Ron made a great point yesterday, and if you're a priest, every single priest has faced opportunities, or I should say challenges of preparing and not preparing homilies. Sometimes it allows, time allows, sometimes it doesn't. And like at the Marian Helper Center now, I haven't really had a chance to prepare when I do homilies there, but I do for the live stream, I think, because these are opportunities for us to say, what is church teaching? So I went and hopefully one of the things that I want to do today is save you time. Um, we always smile about going back to seminary, and that's one of the things I love to do. Father Ron quoted yesterday from seminary, and I think him and I had the honor of going to um, uh, Holy Apostles with a great leader in Father Mosey, and things stuck with us. And I was pleased to hear him point that out because we were blessed to have that. And so when we can bring that to you, it saves you time and money having to go to seminary. One of the things that I did though, and wanted to explain about Labor Day, is it's not just about the end of summer. People think this is the beginning of school, it's uh, beginning of football season, um, it's the end of wearing white. Cameraman Giuseppe always asks about wearing white, so we always think of these things as Labor Day related, but actually it's deeper. Yes, it is a national holiday. We celebrate the dignity of the human worker. Um, it was first, goes way back, it was first celebrated, surprisingly, as a public holiday in Oregon in 1887, and then became, it is a secular holiday, and it became a national holiday in 1894. Now, but here's the thing. Yes, it's secular, but the roots of it are deeply Christian. This is a hugely Christian time. Why? If you were here with us a few weeks ago, I talked about we as priests are trained in not just theology, but the first two years were trained in philosophy. No other pastor in any other religion is trained that way. The Catholic priest is trained in philosophy, which is the study of man, which is the study of, you know, metaphysics, the study of being that you exist, the study of epistemology, the fact of, of how your brain thinks and knowledge. And so all of this is done in understanding man. So Labor Day is part of this because of the dignity of the human person. Why is this important? Because Jesus was a laborer. And so I looked at some of the notes. I ended up, I want to quote today from the work of Deacon Keith Fournier. He's out of Tyler, Texas. They have a great bishop there, Bishop Strickland. And um, Father Landry, who's right up here in Massachusetts with us in Fall River. And I wanted to quote some of the work that they did because I think it's very powerful. Now, Father Landry starts out by saying, you know, the first, what is the first commandment in the Bible? Oh, we'll have no other gods before you before our true God. He said, no, 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 no. What is the first commandment in the Bible? The Lord gave us humans the mission, a mission 
to cooperate with him in bringing forth creation to fulfillment. What does Genesis 1, the very first chapter, the first book say? Be fruitful and multiply. This is a command. And fill the earth and subdue it. Now listen. And have dominion over the fish, the birds, and every living creature that moves on earth. So he points out that God worked for six days in creating, making man and woman in his own image, right? But then called them to share in that creation, in that work. But even he took the seventh day off, right? So this is kind of what Labor Day is. It's kind of like taking that seventh day off that God did to say, you know, even God rested, so shall we. And so basically the first way that we share in God's six days of labor as laborers is through procreation. Jesus is first, or God's first command, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. We do this through pro procreation. We're fruitful and we multiply. This is why contraception and other things go directly against the command of God. Abortion, contraception. The second way we cooperate in God's work of creation is through subduing the earth. He said, have dominion over the earth, over all living things. So from the beginning, Father Landry says, even before the fall, human person had received a mission, a command, which shows the dignity of human work. This was even before the fall. A lot of people say, well, after the fall, God said, now you will toil by the sweat of your brow. So now work is a punishment. Uh-uh. That's not the teachings of the church fathers. Before the fall, God said, subdue the earth. Work, human work, dignity. But then, yes, after the fall, yeah, yeah, we got ourselves in a mess. Work did become toilsome. So this is true. But now, procreation, how did it become toilsome? The things that are still good, <clears throat> like procreation, childbirth, now has labor for the poor mother. So there is toil now. And what about subduing the earth? Before the fall, joyful. Now, it brings sweat to one's brow right? This is Genesis 3. But work itself has never, ever lost its dignity. It's not a punishment. Adam and Eve worked in the garden. It brought them great joy. Work remains fundamentally good. And you know how good it is? Work is even redemptive. It can get you to heaven. Father, what are you talking about? Go to the catechism. 2247. Here, I'm going to read right from the catechism. Quote, Hence, work is a duty. If anyone will not work, let him not eat. Now, remember, this doesn't mean if you're physically unable that God's talking just physical labor here. You can work mentally. You can work other ways. The catechism says, Work honors the Creator's gifts and talents received from him. In other words, God give you these skills. You really put them to use when you work. That gives glory to God. 
And the catechism says it can also be redemptive. Now, I always talk about the redemptive power of suffering. You've heard me say many times how suffering can be redemptive, but I don't think I've ever said in any of these homilies that work is redemptive. And so when I was going through this and looking and reading the catechism, I was like, whoa, all this talk I do about suffering being redemptive and all that's true. But work can be redemptive, can get you to heaven. By enduring the hardship of work, this is the catechism now, back to quoting, by enduring the hardship of work in union with Jesus, the carpenter of Nazareth, Nazareth and the one crucified on Calvary, man collaborates in a certain fashion with the Son of God in his redemptive work. He shows himself to be a disciple of Christ by carrying his cross daily. Now, I have said that. Remember, the way we are best sanctified isn't going on some great pilgrimage or becoming a canonized saint. How you are best sanctified is the daily labors. I've said it before, and I think it's worth saying again. Many people say, Father, there's got to be more to life than this. I had the alarm. It seems like I just went to bed and the alarm's ringing to get up. I got a hassle to get the kids off to school, my husband off to work. I got a hassle to get to through traffic. Then I have to fight with my boss who doesn't appreciate me. Then I have to stop on the way home to hassle the grocery store to get dinner. Then I have to come home and make the dinner. Then argue with my husband over bills and help the children with the homework. Then I got to go to bed and do it all over again. That's exactly how you are sanctified. That's exactly how you participate with Christ in his work. And so the catechism says he shows himself to be a disciple, meaning us, of Christ by carrying our cross daily in the work we are called to accomplish. Work can be a means of sanctification and a way of animating earthly realities with the spirit of Christ. What that means is when you work, you're spreading Christ in this world. If we do it with the right attitude. You know, non-Catholics like to tell us that we shouldn't bring up work. No, work doesn't mean we're earning our way in heaven. What it means is we're cooperating with the grace of God. Grace is the way we get to heaven. But when we cooperate with it through our work, we are sanctified. So the early Christians, this is very interesting. I actually didn't know this, and I think it makes perfect sense. You know, the early Christians knew the value of work. In their earliest worship, they called it liturgy. We still use that today. Do you know what the word liturgy means? We're celebrating the liturgy of the word right now, or the liturgy of the Eucharist coming up on this altar. Liturgy literally means work. Work of the church. The liturgy, the early Christians, that's why they called it liturgy. The work of the church, for them, the real world was not to be avoided. They actually, remember, we Marians were apostolic. We're not cloistered. Cloistered nuns and monks, they, they, they remove themselves from the world, and that's the highest calling. We Marians and you Marian helpers are what we call apostolic, which means you work in the world. 
We're not of the world, we're in the world, but not of the world. And the early Christians believed that the world was their workshop. One's desk, sewing machine, kitchen, chalkboard, operating room, workbench, boat for fishermen. They're all meant to become an altar. I've been never thought of your sewing machine as an altar. <laughs> and it sanctifies not only what you give to God in the work, but the worker as well. So the work you do is sanctified and the worker is sanctified. It is there that the vast majority of men and women are called to be sanctified in your daily routine. This is the beauty of Labor Day. We stop and we recognize that. We thank God for that. And so we're called to be sanctified and sanctify others through showing that we accept our duties. That's setting an example. Father, getting up and going to work, really? Yes, you're setting an example showing that you accept and take responsibility for your duties, just like Jesus did. It shows the original dignity of the human worker. You know, work, even though to many is a paycheck, yes, it's not supposed to be just about earning a paycheck, even no matter how mundane the work you do or how little maybe you enjoy it. It's about serving others and loving others, like your family, by putting food on the table. The Catechism tells us when work takes on this meaning, the perfection of the human person continues. The workplace is evangelized and God is given glory. I bet many of us never think about that when we go through the grind of work. So back to these two men, the articles they wrote, I thought it was great. They say, it's not just the work itself that matters, but what it does for the worker, it brings us to perfection. Work well done gives the person the opportunity to cultivate all the talents God gave you, physically, intellectually, spiritually, which are far greater than just the results of your doing something at work or the physical, tangible results. Now, I think this is important. Jesus' appreciation for human work in God's plan was so great. Listen to his parables. You don't think labor and work is important. It's just a punishment for sin. No. Jesus talks about shepherds, farmers, physicians, sowers, householders, servants, stewards, merchants, laborers, soldiers, cooks, tax collectors, scholars, harvesters, fishermen, you get the point. Jesus mentioned all of those in his parables. Those are all laborers. Jesus entered into the work of human labor himself. And people think, well, okay, the first 30 years were just to cover so that when Jesus' real work began, in his three years of public ministry. Uh-uh. 
That's not church teaching. The church teaches that it was not just a cover until his real work began at 30 years old. The church teaches that precisely to redeem human person or the human being, he had to start with human work. That was the process of redeeming the human person. Why? Because work is so important. Do you realize when we break down the average human being of all the things we are required to do, pray, be with our family, exercise, recreate, the number one thing in terms of time that the average human person, human person does is work. More hours are spent working than any of those other things, even sleeping. So you got sleeping, exercising, praying, recreating, all of those don't equal the time we do in work. So Jesus, by sanctifying and redeeming the human person, started with work. The most prominent thing in the life of the human person. He spent 30 years doing that. Three years in public spiritual ministry. I find that fascinating. And so basically, he called all of us as listeners, no matter what our profession is, even prostitutes, Mary Magdalene, to be saints. You know, we live now in a time that has completely lost the dignity of work, probably because we've lost sight of the dignity of the person, the worker. You know, since um, the Industrial Revolution, men and women are now considered more just a tool of productivity more or less just production, rather over the dignity as workers. You know, it's funny because my dad used to say when he graduated high school, he said it was easy. You could walk into General Motors, and, you, and he did. Well, he went to the Marine Corps first. But he said, you could walk into GM and you would have a job for life. Back then, the employees didn't switch jobs every two years. The employees were dedicated to the employers. And likewise, back then, the employers were dedicated to the employees. They offered so many things that have been taken away now. I find that interesting because now we're left with no dedication on either side. There's no dedication of the worker to the employer or the employer to the worker. We need to change that. So I want to finish with the words of the USCCB. Even they weighed in on this. The USCCB brought up something interesting because we can't neglect the fact today in the world economy about slave labor and undignified work. And the USCCB says, let it begin with our own decisions. We might ask when we buy goods from stores or online, do we know where they came from? Do we know whether the people who made them were treated with dignity and respect? Now, I admit that's pretty hard to know. It's pretty hard to know in this crazy world of globalization where something really came from and how it came to be. So the USCCB says, ask, did the workers receive a just wage? You know how important that is? It's one of the four sins that cry to heaven for justice. Did you know that? The four sins that cry to heaven 
for justice. And one of them is not paying the worker his just wage. Hmm, that's powerful. If not, what we do, what can we do to remedy this? The USCCB says, in order to protect the dignity of work and the rights of workers, we are each called to practice solidarity with those who are in harm's way. Okay, you might not be able to go to China and adopt the little child working in labor sweatshops. But what you can do, it says here, the USCCB says, quote, we can offer charitable assistance to all those who have become, even in our own country, unemployed during this time. You could do things like donating to local food banks or Catholic charities. Catholic hospitals are strained right now. The doctors, nurses, and staff have been overworked. The USCB says, if you know one of them, you can offer them help, especially prayer. So I thought that was powerful. And now I wanna finish with, I always thought about the Benedictines and I went to Monte Cassino in Europe and I love the Benedictine, one of the most ancient form. Now that's a cloistered lifestyle. And they have something called Ora et Labora. And I have that at the bottom of my emails. It means work and prayer, prayer and work, prayer and labor. And Archbishop Gomez said, quote, both prayer and work are intimately related to the point that prayer is a kind of work in the sense that it is an activity in itself and that work also must become a prayer, lifted and offered up to God. So basically work is, can be prayer and prayer can be work if it's offered up to God. This is beautiful. Jesus viewed his entire life and mission as work. He was always doing the work of the Father, the one who sent him. That's John 9, verse 3. So I finish by saying at the Marian Helper Center, I would like to thank each and every one of our employees and all of our volunteers and all of you who help labor for the kingdom, sharing these videos, bringing people to Christ. But one of the things I always feel bad about at the Marian Helper Center is we're not an IBM or a Microsoft or Apple or Google, and we can't always pay the people what they deserve. We wish we could, but we're not always able to do that. We try our best and we get to where we can be. But I always tell the people, yeah, I know you could go somewhere else and make more money. In fact, working at the Marion Helper Center, the salary isn't that great, but the retirement plan is out of this world meaning the reward for God for being faithful to working for him. Remember, Jesus says, what does it do for a soul to gain the whole world? What does it do for a person to gain the whole world but lose their soul? And so on this day, let us give thanks to those who labor, 
those who make it possible to fill our grocery store shelves, put gas in our tanks, build the cars for us to drive, the houses for us to live, the schools for us to be educated, and most of all, the churches for us to worship. Let us give thanks to God for the dignity of the human worker. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.